0: When you meet someone, do you wonder about their story? If you're like me, you're always interested in the lives, hopes, and dreams of people. Stories Connect People podcast will bring you interesting, inspiring, and compelling stories from people just like you and me. Stories that will inspire you. They'll make you laugh. You'll learn. They might even make you cry. But above all, you will feel connected and closer to the people around you. You may see yourself in these stories. You may feel connected because you share similarities in your own journey. There are rich, interesting stories closer than you think, maybe even yours. Thank you for listening to Stories Connect People. I am Polly Van Duzer, your host. My guest today on Stories Connect People podcast is Paula Quinn. Paula shares the story of her daughter Rosie's diagnosis with the autoimmune disorder alopecia. Rosie was just two and a half years old. The diagnosis was hard for Rosie and her family but one day Rosie told her mom, don't worry mom my hair is just on vacation. That completely shifted their mindset and they began sharing stories of where Rosie's hair went. Paula, one day, took a drawing that Rosie had done and turned it into a headscarf. Rosie couldn't stop looking in the mirror and told Paula that she wanted every bald kid to have a headscarf just like hers. Rosie didn't stop with her vision. She would tell everyone that mentioned the scarf about her plan to give one to all the bald kids. After a few months, the vision was set for coming up Rosie's. Paula is going to share how she founded the organization that is a family mission, not just a Rosie mission. They provide smile kits to any kid who is suffering from hair loss through more than 25 children's hospitals. These smile kits allow kids to make a headscarf of their own. And the mission is growing. When Paula was struggling years back with Rosie's diagnosis, Her therapist suggested she journal her thoughts about Rosie's alopecia. Years later, she turned that into a children's book, and it was recently published. My Hair Went On Vacation. This book helps children understand it's okay to be different, and being different makes you special. All of the proceeds benefit Coming Up Rosie's so more children can receive a smile kit of their own. You are going to see just how beautiful being bald can be. And Paula is going to tell you by sharing Rosie's story. Welcome Paula Quinn to Stories Connect People podcast. Hello, Paula. How are you today? Welcome to Stories Connect People podcast. Thank you for having me, Polly. It's so nice to be here. Yes, it is so nice to connect with you. And I feel like that we just immediately um, connected uh, just, you know, the two of us when we had our prep call, and I thought you were so awesome, so I know that this interview is going to be great. I can um, start by just saying how we were connected, and so I um, interviewed a few weeks ago Lori Orlinski and her daughter Haley, and Lori put us in touch, and so I know that you all are doing some work together, so uh, feel free to mention that as we go through our conversation, but um, I really appreciate Lori connecting us, and Stories connect. People podcast is all about people who are inspiring and uplifting and interesting and are doing great things for for the community and just to make the world a better place. And I am so excited to bring your story and the story of Rosie, um, your daughter, to our listeners. And so I'll let you just do a brief introduction, but just a couple of things. And so your work around, um, first of all, your book book, and we will talk about that. Um, Your book, um, My Hair Went on Vacation, and so I will have you read a couple of pages of that as well, but also the foundation that um, you all started coming up Rosie's and so that's all about helping to create awareness for um, for autoimmune disorder alopecia right as well as just the helping helping to create um, more of a comfort level for uh, children who are bald and so I love the work that you are doing around this and just I mean, Rosie has done what most adults haven't done that are you know five times her age. And so it's incredible. And so you will have to just represent her well today and sharing her story. So again, Paula, welcome.
1: Thank you so much. You're such a, it's such a kind introduction. I do feel like I've known you for years. <laughs> so I do feel like it's like, this is going to be a great interview. All right. I can already feel it. Um, but yes, so I mean, where to begin, I I feel like, you know, when you set out to have children, you just, you know, you go through the motions, you get pregnant, you have baby and then you think, okay, everything is just going to be sunshine and roses. Um, and I don't, I don't think that that was our experience. Um, Rosie was two and a half when she was diagnosed with alopecia. It happened to coincide. Her hair loss started to coincide at the same time when I went back to work with um after a six-month maternity leave with my second daughter caroline um so i've always worked i I worked at google i was in hr um loved working and so when i went back to work with you know after having caroline i didn't understand i'd always worked rosie had we had the same babysitter and everything was the same situation so i didn't know what was different so after like a week or two of her just being so upset and crying When I left the house every day, I just started to notice she was missing some hair on the crown of her head. At the time, I thought it was stress because she was so upset. Um, I thought she was pulling it out. Um, And then within two weeks, like the whole crown of her head was gone. I take her to the pediatrician and he says, oh, this is not stress. It's alopecia. So that's kind of how our story began. So Um, she
0: was two and a half when this? So I don't know much about alopecia. And so let's assume that uh, most of our listeners don't as well. So can you talk, uh, so it's an autoimmune disorder. So can Mm -hmm. you talk about what it is? Does it affect everyone at the same time at an early age? Is it, does it depend on the person? You know, what's it come from? Like, exactly. share, share anything you can just, like for some foundation for us, because I think it's a um, it builds on the book that uh, mm-hmm. you wrote, the children's book that you wrote, as well as the um, mission that you have with coming up, Rosies.
1: Yeah, so I had never heard about alopecia. So it is it, it's, apparently it's common. It affects six point seven million people just alone in the U.S. It is an autoimmune disease whereby your hair simply attacks your immune system, attacks your hair follicle. Which results in your hair falling out. The hair follicle isn't broken; it it can grow hair. It's just your immune system is like we need to we need to attack this, and it just like it's similar to like when her hair is falling out. I would just touch it, and it would her hair was like coming out like as if it was a, a Pez dispenser. It was just the most weird experience. And and we are Italian. We have so much hair so to the fact that i had was having a child with baldness it did it didn't even like comprehend i I didn't compute with me um it is genetic so apparently someone in our genetics has had this um and it can present itself at any point in your life if you have the genetic you know predisposition for it so she has the genetic predisposition I th- I'm thinking that the stressful of enemy going back to work perhaps was a trigger they say it' can be stress it can be environment it can be it's a, it's like a perfect storm um ironically my husband has we did the 23 me test he has the same risk level and he's been through lots of stressful events and he, but he still has his hair so for whatever reason in Rosie's little body it just decided to, to trigger and happen I will say after doing many, talking to many doctors and having a lot of research about alopecia, it doesn't really affect children. I mean, it can, but if it does, it's very rare. So being that she was two and she had full on baldness, it was kind of like, wow, this, we don't really see this very often. It's very rare. Um, Most people, there's three types of alopecia. One is just the patchiness, which is pretty much what most people have it's just like it coins like the size of a quarter shape of hair loss and it's easy to hide and and whatnot um then there's a second is is alopecia totalis which is basically just your head like anything on your head your all your hair will just completely fall out so you you'll still have your eyebrows and your eyelashes and all the other body hair the third is alopecia universalis and you can only guess that it's all of the hair on your body, your arm hair, your leg hair, your like eyebrows, eyelashes. And that's what Rosie has. Rosie has like the full on no body hair. And so, which is even more of a rare situation because right. of the 1% of people who have alopecia, 1% have the total. So I kind of felt like, my goodness, I think I should run out and get her a lotto ticket because this is like one lucky, like the chances of her... Getting this was like one in a cajillion. I felt like. Mm-hmm. So that is what, and, and so in addition to that, there's no cure for alopecia. There's no known treatments um, or therapies that are effective. There, They've made some advances um, with the FDA to try to push for treatments, but there's there's just really nothing out there. Um, and especially for Rosie's case, you know, they're, and she's so young, we decline not to really do anything anyways. Mm-hmm. Because- now,
0: how, how old is Rosie?
1: She is nine now. She's nine
0: now. And so she's been practically bald since she was two and a half. Yes. Totally. Has that, is it different adjusting because she's like, it's kind of like all she's known. I mean, at two and a half, you don't really remember. And, and, you know, versus someone that just, you know, all of, you know, they've had this long, beautiful hair and all of a sudden they don't have hair. And so how has, has the adjustment been different for Rosie than it might be for other kids? And and I know that also, the work that you're doing isn't just for alopecia. Um, those affected by by alopecia, you the work that you're doing also is for for just for other children that are bald. And so I love that you know your mission is expanded to whoever this affects. Yeah.
1: So that's such a, a double-edged question. So I'll answer from Rosie's perspective. Okay. Rosie was two and a half. She does she doesn't remember having hair. And having hindsight, it I am so glad that she doesn't remember having hair. Like she will look at a baby, because she had a full head of hair as she was a baby. She'll look at pictures of her being a toddler and she'll be like, Mom, is that me or Caroline? She doesn't even she doesn't even see herself. We've met people who've had children with who've exhibited alopecia when they were like 11 years old, they had full head of hair and then 11 years old, the hair went away or when they were 16 or when they were 21 and they are different children than Rosie because they knew what hair was and they associated their hair as, as themselves. Like they looked in the mirror and they didn't recognize themselves. They're like, wait, I I have hair. Where's my hair? And it was really tough and um so i think that for us and our family maybe we're in a different situation cuz rosie's onset was so young she didn't really know otherwise as a parent for me when she was losing her hair i didn't recognize rosie and i had a really tough time i can um, imagine just looking at this child and not know, like i didn't i didn't recognize her. i'm like who is this person and and, you know, she's not perfect anymore. Like she doesn't have hair. Like what? what's going on? Like I, I went through a really tough time because I would look around at every other kid and like they all have hair. This isn't fair. Like all these other kids have hair. All I mean, it, it should be like a birthright. Like you have hair. Like what? this isn't right. So when Rosie was first diagnosed, like once the initial shock, you know, kind of wore off, I, I had to go to therapy because I was really upset and it wasn't upset about the hair loss. I was upset that there was nothing I could do about it. I was upset there was no cure. I was upset that people would come up to us and say things. And some things were really positive, And some things were just like, why aren't you covering her up? Where's her hair? Um, wh- I mean, yeah, where? why is she bald? What kind of treatment does she have? Oh, I like your haircut. Like, these are things that people would just come up out of curiosity or maybe thinking that they were helping us to feel better. But it really... I just wanted to tell people just to back off and leave us alone because I was trying to process this myself. Um, And so that's kind of how the book started. So I guess that's a good segue. I went to therapy and my therapist, we would role play like, okay, what do you say when a stranger comes up to you in the line of Starbucks and says, why aren't you covering your little girl's head? Okay, uh, you know I have a two year old in front of me. I need to be respectful.
0: mind your mind your own business. <laughs> yeah, I know. I
1: mean, if if I had a dollar for like what I really wanted to say in my brain, I I mean I would be people would like hate me. Um, but it was just a normal feeling. So my therapist said, you know what, you really should write down your feelings because this is tough. Like you know, I know you're not dealing with a terminal illness, but it's tough for you. Let's, let's not minimize that. This is weird. It's tough. It's you don't know what to say. And so I'm, I have this rule where I don't really write anything down that I wouldn't want published on the front of the New York times. Like I'm not into journaling. I just, I like if, heaven forbid if someone found my journal and I had all these negative thoughts, like I don't want, I don't want it out there in the universe. So I wrote a, like a children's book, like, and it was rhyming and I kind of wrote it for Rosie and it was more for us as a family to deal with this and kind of, you know, take her difference and, and explain it in a way that she could digest. Cause she was too, um so it it didn't have a title it just it kind of served its purpose and then subsequently one day rosie saw me like i thought i was hiding my feelings really well apparently I wasn't she came up to me and she's like mommy don't worry my hair's just on vacation and i was like oh gosh you know i know oh my heavens i know so my pity party had to end i'm like okay this is just ridiculous like i need to look at it from her perspective because you know what Yes, it's hair, and I'm gonna go on Team Rosie and be like, you know what? Where did your hair go today? So like every night before bed, we'd come up with different adventures of like, yeah, my hair went to Italy, my hair went to California to visit my parents. It went to Disneyland a lot. Um, So I just kind of, you know, leaned on her, which was it kind of felt like the roles were reversed. I leaned on her and her positivity and her outlook on just kind of how how we dealt with this as a family, especially in the early days. So after a while. I just like put the book aside because we kind of became more confident and more secure. And, you know, I was just on team Rosie. Like we are going to no secret, no shame. We are walking around bald and we don't care. And I'm like, if she's happy, then I'm happy. I'm thrilled. So I kind of put the book aside. Um, For how long? For like six years, seven years. So I wrote that in 2013 and it's 2020. Um, So hindsight, you know, you do things for a reason. You don't realize what you're doing them. So at the time, I just put the book away. It got dusty in my Google Drive for many, many years. So fast forward to when Rosie was four, she started to notice people staring and pointing. Like it started to bother her too. She didn't really, whatever. She's like, I'm two, whatever. But at four, she would see kids pointing at her in the line of Starbucks, and she'd be like, "Mommy, why and are kids they-
0: are oh. cruel? Oh, like they just and they." They can be, and they're also curious. And so she's like, that, You're right. They are. They're, I mean, it, for oh. someone different, they're, they are curious. Yes. And she would see the mom going, shh, shh, Don't,
1: don't, don't point, don't point. And so Rosie was very precocious. And she's like, Wait, that, why is that boy pointing at me? And then why is the mom shushing him? What's, is something wrong with me? I'm like, Oh, here we go. Like, talk about that in therapy later on. You know, I'm like, No, nothing's wrong with you. They're just curious. Like, It's not, it's not often you see a bald child. So they, so having these really blunt conversations with a four-year-old, like she didn't, I I would have them, but she wasn't really understanding. So we kind of would tackle it. We, we, I would encourage her to wave and smile and eventually go up and talk to the child so that it would address the awkwardness. And eventually Mm -hmm. we got through that, but I was talking to my husband, I'm like, what can we do? Like, she doesn't want to wear wigs. She doesn't like wearing hats. People are commenting like there must be something we can do. So she loved to paint. I took a picture of one of her artworks and I had it painted on a headscarf and figured this all out. It was very hard to do. You couldn't. I couldn't. You know, you could put a picture on the back of an iPhone case, but you could not put one on a headscarf, which was which was uh, incredible to me. I didn't understand, but somehow I figured it out. We gave her her first little sample headscarf and she looked in the mirror for five minutes and she's like, I want to give this to all the ball kits. And I said, Oh, that is really nice. Rosie. That's really sweet. But that's not going to happen. She's like, no, no, I want to give this to all the ball kits. I'm like, why? She's like, cause I, they they'll smile. Like it'll make them happy. I'm like, okay, well that's great. So I have a job and I'm not leaving it. So like that. So Fast forward to like six months, the next six months, she would ask every other day, like, "Mommy, when are we gonna?" Just nonchalantly, "Mommy, when are we gonna give those to the bald kids? They really want those scarves. It'll, you know, it'll make them happy." <laughs> and I was kind of like seeing it in in real time, working myself with my own eyes, because when when she would wear it out, people would would like comment, "Wow, look at that headscarf Instead of "Why are you bald?" It just really turned changed. it changed the conversation, and Rosie was just like.
0: Talking then about Then she had something like really cool to talk about too. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, Well, and then she would say, This is my headscarf. I painted it. My mommy gave it to me. And I'm going to give this to all the bald kids. So then she would talk about her business plan with like strangers. <laughs> and we're going to give this to all the bald kids. And I'd be now, like, how, how Now
0: cool. tell me how old was she? Four. At four. four. Okay. So she's talking about her business plan yes. at
1: four. Like, she's like, we're gonna give this to all the bald kids. It's gonna make them smile and they're gonna really like it. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's not gonna happen. I'm thinking it's not gonna happen. Well I, I don't know what it was. Maybe I broke down, but like after six months of her asking, like, you know what? Maybe she's on to something. Like, we got a lot of validation from people, and like her dermatologist saw it. And he's like, When you start doing this, like I want to help you. This is such a great idea. It's empowering. It changes the conversation. Um, it's not expensive as expensive as a wig. You know what I mean? Like this is amazing. So I kind of was at a point at my career. I'd been at Google for 10 years. And I was like, you know what, why not? Like, why not try this out? So I left and I gave myself one year to figure this out, like how to build a website, how to, you know, figure this all out. And a year to the day that I left Google, I launched coming up Rosie's. And you know, at the time, I, you know, there's all this doubt. Like, what am I doing? Like, people looked at me like I was crazy, to be honest. Like, you're leaving a job, like a good job to go make headscarves for bald kids. Like, I know. People looked at me like I had three eyeballs. And I'm like, yeah, yeah you know what? That's fine. <laughs> I have a bald kid. So call us weird. I don't know. Like, we, we're we just going with it. Um, so I did it. And here we are. Like, four years later, it's, you know, we're in 25 children's hospitals. We've donated over... 1700 of these what we call smile kits for children to kind of you know create their own head scars and a smile kit is the paints and the canvas and the brushes and um, it's just it's been amazing for us to see and come you know it's been great for Rosie so selfishly I feel like I did this to make Rosie smile because she was all in she was like this is this is happening like we are doing this. But as a byproduct, like of all the pictures and the emails that come in, I'm like I'm making so many people smile, and it's far more to me than getting a paycheck or Google stock. You know what I mean? So, I just I I kind of you know had to reconcile that with myself. But it's been quite a journey, um, and that's kind of
0: so. How do they get to the kids? Talk about that. So you're in the in 25 hospitals, and and I know you've been um you know, you have such a great uh, social presence, social media presence. And I just love, you know, some of the recordings I've seen of Rosie. And so you've gotten, you've gotten a lot of coverage on this, but, um, you know, bring it to life a little bit more for actually how it gets in the hands of the kids.
1: Yes. So we do it two ways. So there's about 12 children's hospitals in Illinois. So since we're here, it's really easy. So we will kind of, we'll just drive. What we'll do is we'll, we'll package up 20 smile kits and 20 is usually the max that we give at a time just because of the storage. Like the hospitals don't have storage to be like, you know, holding on to these kits. Um, so basically when I, when we started new, it's really spread by word of mouth. So we started with our Lori children's hospital where Rosie goes and we donated 20 kits and we work with a child life specialist. So a child life specialist or an art therapist are the people that go and they play with the children who are living in the hospital. Um, they loved this activity because it's something that they could bring bedside. So they'll just bring in one kit, they'll bring into the room, they'll sit and they'll paint with the child for 20, 30 minutes. It takes about 30 minutes. And um, they'll talk about an upcoming procedure or treatment and it just kind of gets their child's mind off of being in the hospital and living in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, once that's done, either the child life specialist or a parent will take a picture of the canvas and then they'll just email us the image or they'll upload the image onto our website and we'll print it and then we'll send it to them. It takes about three to three to four weeks to have it printed because it's all custom. And we'll send it directly to the hospital or we'll send it directly to their home. So that's like the process or the, the, the life cycle of the smile kit. Um, we typically will donate like a set of twenty, like every year, every six months. It depends on the volume. Some children's hospitals have a bigger need, and some are, don't have as many. Um, so it just really kind of fluctuates for the ch- for the hospitals that are obviously not in Illinois. We have to we have to mail them the twenty kits, um, and it's kind of it's that's just like a one-time cost, which mm-hmm. is. You know, Kind of fun. We've always talked about how do we evolve. Like, let's say there's 300 children's hospitals. Like, we can't possibly send 300, you know, kits, big boxes every year. So, you know, we're always thinking of ways to maybe evolve and make this more of an online um, presence. But I, could, I guess we'll just tackle that as as we grow. But right now, it's just it's very word of mouth. Like, we have hospitals contacting us saying we 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 saw Rosie on social media. We saw Rosie on Little Big Shots. We saw Rosie through the Red Cross. Like can we start a program or can we get some donations? Um, In terms of the alopecia, so we're going back really quickly. We originally thought it was baldness, but we actually had child life specialists contact us saying, you know, I know this is for baldness, but we have a child who's getting a heart transplant and he really wants to make a superhero cape. I'm like, absolutely. So really it's kind of evolved to us, you know, helping any, making any child who's going through any sort of medical journey smile. Um, And that's kind of the beauty of this. It wasn't my initial intent, but I'm like, if it serves every child,
0: I am all in. So very happy about that. Um, What has it meant for Rosie? Oh,
1: you know, for her, she's totally empowered by this. It is like it fuel, it like fills her little bucket. Like we have this phrase at home. Does this fill your bucket? Does this make your heart feel full? And she just loves it. And she loves to help other people. She also kind of understands what it's like to have a difference, a physical difference. Hers is not necessarily terminal, but she understands that, you know what it's like to have someone look at you or ask you, why are you different? And she sees that it's helped her to the fact where she's like, you know, this headscarf helped me so much. Like now I don't really need to wear it because I'm confident. And how I look, it was a good tool for her at the time. But she's like, now I, I'm okay with it. Like I've come to peace with it. And she'll still wear her headscarf, you know, if, like if she doesn't want to get sunburnt or at the roof, you know, at mm-hmm. school but she's like, I don't need it anymore. Like I'm confident. And so I'm like, job well done. Like that's the best gift that I and my husband could give her like that confidence and that self-esteem, because that was a huge worry, to us initially, when we, when she first got the diagnosis, I, my brain immediately went to, okay, she's never going to go on a date. She won't get married. She might get discriminated if she wants to stay bald. Um, How are people like, I I mean, and these are all thoughts that came to me just by walking down the street to Starbucks and having people point and stare. I'm like, Oh my gosh, what is her life going to be like? Um, And how are we going to raise a little girl in today's society that places so much emphasis on external beauty and hair products and makeup. Like, how are we going to make her feel that she is gorgeous when she looks completely bald? Um, so I think that was a big fear. And and now like having. You know
0: what is so gorgeous about her, her smile. It is her smile it lights up, lights up the picture or lights up the, the video that she's in. And you can yeah. just, you can tell that she's, you know, I'm sure that, you know, there's times when she might struggle with it, but she does have confidence and, um, she, uh, does really exude that just.
1: She does. She has like a little light and like people comment. I'm like, it's like, we call it, we joke around, we call it like the rosy effect. She just like, <laughs> I love that. You just, you just see her and you want to smile too. And, and, it's also really nice because when we do so we get to go to the Royal McDonald House. There's every other month they have a family activity and we get to bring the smile kits and paint with the kids. And she is so good with like children she meets with in wheelchairs and children who are going through treatments. Like I don't it's like this thing that she has that she's she's not scared and she she just loves to be around people um and like celebrate their differences and and it's just it's really it's been really good for our family, especially our little, our second daughter. Cause I feel like we've all just been forced to be like unapologetically empathetic. Like we have just, we are so empathetic now because we know how it feels and we've seen how Rosie gets upset and sad. And we feel that like, you know, it's not just Rosie feeling sad. Like when someone points and stares at her, I feel, I feel like I could cry for her. I'm like, this yeah. isn't fair. So I do think the silver linings are plentiful if you look for them. And I think for our family, it's Rosie just loving herself, us being very learning to be very empathetic um, and just giving back and using her difference to inspire others, just to love themselves, you know, for who they are.
0: I mean, and what a beautiful way that uh, you've done that. And you, you know, it's not like the, the mom's over here doing it and pulling the kid along. It is, this is like her, it is, this is her mission. And I, (laughs) we we'll wrap up. Well, I'll just kind of ask you, you know, as we're wrapping up, like what's to come, and so you can, um, you can share that with me. But talk about the book, and um, so it's my hair went on vacation, Mm -hmm. and this like as you were saying, uh, stemmed from you know just within your family. You talking about well, first of all, Rosie saying, "Mom, my hair just went on vacation," but you, you incorporated this into the book. And so kind of just talk about the the book evolution. Yeah. So the book evolution
1: happened. It was actually a year ago. We were on a road trip. My husband, we were always thinking of ways to raise money for the charity because as a charity, we're always trying to be creative. And out of the blue, he said, you know, you know the book you wrote for Rosie, like way back ago, long ago. He's like, you should, you should write it. You should finish it and publish it. And all the proceeds can go back to the charity. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even think I remember. So I went into my Google drive. I just searched Rosie's book and up it popped. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was reading it. And I said, wow, I, I think I could do something. Obviously I had, to, I had to finish it. Cause like I'd stopped at like where the hair went on vacation. Um, but I just, I finished it and I, and Lori, who you interviewed and Haley, yeah. she had recently written a book. So I'm like, well, wow, I should talk to her. She's an author. I should, you know, get her advice. And, so I shared what I had with her, and she's like, "Oh gosh, you need to you need to publish it." So she kind of kind of she's like my fairy godmother. I like to say, like, she, <laughs> yeah, she's great. She's amazing. She is truly an amazing, beautiful person, and she really kind of walked me through the process and put me in touch with her with her um, publisher. And then here we are today. So that's kind of how it started. I never set out to be an author. I never set out to have a charity, but you know, life has taught me that. You get curveballs and sometimes you just, you know, it goes a different direction. And and I'm so thankful that we're on this journey, but it's not something that I had set up for.
0: Well, can you read us a couple of pages from the book? I would love to. So I will read my,
1: my favorites, one of my favorites. Okay. So at school, the kids pointed and stared. They all said, look at that girl with no hair. I cried as my, I hid my bald head under my shirt. Their words stung and my feelings were hurt. My teacher comforted me to help my feelings subside. I remembered mom's words Rosie, smile, say hello, and don't hide. Now, when kids point and ask for an explanation, I smile and say, My hair went on vacation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So incredible.
1: Yeah. So she's just, I mean, I wish I could, you know. I feel like I I don't get any, I, Rosie gets all the credit. She's just very inspirational to me as a parent. And um, so that's just kind of how it started. So what's been the reaction um, for the book? The reaction has been um, overwhelming. Um, like I said, I, I never thought of myself as an author, but we've had Lori and her um, co-partner, Allie, have, like done an amazing job doing PR for it. And they had all these, like um people reading the book you know reviewers and it's like always like this should be in every school library and this should be you know in every classroom and it's such a beautiful story it's a true story that you know helps us to realize that love us who we are and um kind of you know share that among the world and be proud so um it's been like humbling and overwhelming the response um and you know i just like i said i I did this to you know help rosie I did to help other little kids who might be, you know, made fun of at school. It really, it's like it could be my leg went on vacation, my arm went on vacation. Yeah. Um, there's a teacher's guide on the
0: back uh, because I did notice that I was have- going to ask you about that. So, and what I loved about when I was interviewing Lori, we talked about it, and she's the like, same thing. You know, her daughter was short, but it could be that you know it could be anything that you're different and. It helps the the parent or the the teacher or you know who the 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 um, the school be able to have conversations where maybe it just takes that for the student to realize that by talking about it that hey kids are different, kids are
1: different, and it's okay to be different,
0: and we all want to be different. We, I mean,
1: I always tell Rose I'm like if we were all the same, this world would be boring. Like right. we would be so bored out of our mind. Um, but it's just it's a nice way to talk about the differences, and even when we, we we meet people, and I would encourage Rosie in real time to say, "Okay, this is what I have. What makes you stand out?" I would always have her ask that question, and you would always hear like, "Oh, I have glasses," or "Oh, I was born with you know a heart that had a, an interesting sound," and and Rosie would walk away going like, "Oh, a lot of people have differences, you know. And that, I'm not the only one," because I think she feels sometimes that she's alone, like that she's the only one, because in the school of 500 kids. She's the only bald kid. Right. Um, so, I mean, I, I do understand how she would feel that way. And I'm sure there's a lot of other little Rosies out there um, that, you know, have that feeling and they feel like they're alone. So if this could
0: help them, then I, you know, I feel like I'm doing my part. Well, I just love that so much. And I love what you said by, you know, just that, uh, that Rosie has, you're the parent and, you know, you've, should be, you know, the one that's comforting Rosie and everything, but look at the inspiration she is for so many, uh, for so many people and, and how you've expanded, um, that with just the foundation with uh, coming up Rosie's mission. And, um, I mean, she just seems like that she is just incredible. She's, she's a force. (laughs) Rosie has she has done so much to inspire others and to be um, there for her, her parents and her family. Just this, what is that like?
1: Um, it's hard. We, we always said that Rosie was an old soul. Uh, I mean, she just, I feel like she's lived this life before. And even before her, al- her alopecia diagnosis, she just, she talked at a very early age and she was, you know, just very aware and, aware of people and um, just like social settings and like, I don't know, it just, and then when she was diagnosed, I think it just went into like turbo for her. She just, I mean, she's like an old, she's truly an old soul. She's like a a 90 year old lady living in a, you know, (laughs) a nine year old body. Like she comes up with things. I'm like, where did you just come up with that? You know? So I do feel like my husband, I look at each other. We're like, okay, who is this child? (laughs) Like, we're not even that mature. So um, there's just, she's just that's, just, that's just how she is. And
0: how, uh, tell me about
1: her sister. So how are they
0: together? Oh, and, and. and yeah.
1: So we have, I mean, call it propaganda, but from day one, we're like, you're best friends. Like we always say you guys, you have each other. Cause when, when we're gone and we, you know, we have passed away, like you have each other. So it it's kind of worked 99% of the time. Like they are literally best friends. And then there's that 1% where they literally are the worst enemies.
0: Well, sibling, Siblings, it's, right? It's sibling, it's sibling. but it is so
1: funny because on the times when Rosie didn't want to like talk about her alopecia, her sister would step in. She's like, see, this is, this is my sister, Rosie. She's bald and she doesn't have hair. She has alopecia. So don't stare. Like she takes it a little bit more like, you know, she's like, step off. Um, whereas Rosie's a little bit like, you know, um, just more mature and articulate in in her difference. But Caroline is just like her biggest fan, her biggest supporter. And with the charity, like that was a big concern. I I and my husband, we both have said, this is a family charity. This isn't Rosie's charity. Like we all have a part. This is a family because I want Caroline. I don't want her to feel like she's like second fiddle because she's just as important, um, and the family and and the charity is as, as Rosie is so we all have her little talents we all have her jobs but she is literally like the biggest fan the biggest cheerleader and they both are of each other which is so nice to see it's like it's very sweet
0: that is so sweet well what is next for you as a author or what is or and or. What, you know, what do you see on the horizon for all the great work that you all are doing and for coming up Rosie's? Yeah. So it's such, that's such a loaded question.
1: I have told Rosie and my husband, I have sat her down, I'm like, we will do this charity as long as you are in, as long as you, it makes you feel good. And as long as you want to do. Um, And and I think from that standpoint, we just kind of take it day by day. I mean, obviously, we want to extend extend the program so that it can reach more children. In the for the book, we'd love to be able to give this to any child who has alopecia or cancer or dealing with baldness or any difference to help them with that transition at school. Um, but I did say I told Rosie, I'm like, okay, so you go to college in about seven years, eight years, maybe. And I'm like, you're going to have to make a decision. Like if we're still doing this, like this might be your baby when either you can decide, like when you go to college, we can, we can sunset the charity, maybe have like a scholarship or we can give a big gift to like the local children's hospital and like have an ever flowing smile kit, closet, whatever, or you can take it and do it on your own. Like, I mean, we will always help and support you, but you know, she's like, oh, well, I'll, I'll totally do that. I'm like, okay, well, we'll see. So right now we're just taking it day by day um rosie rosie ceo if, if she was here she's like well i mean her big dream is to be like a supreme court justice this is like oh. her dream. like ruth peter ginsburg was like her idol she was very upset when she passed away but like i go rosie like if you want to you know be a supreme court justice like you're gonna have to go to a lot of college, you have to go to law school like doing the charity that might be a lot of work she's like oh i can do it i'm like okay well we'll see how that works out um, but yeah, we, we're just, as a family, we're taking it day by day. Obviously we've been very busy. Um, the beautiful thing is like whenever someone emails us or contacts us, you know, that, that their child is, you know, battling a rare form of cancer or has alopecia, we can send them the, the kit and they can make them smile. So that's kind of a win-win for us. But so making, making smiles in the best way that we know how, so
0: Well, what a great story, and um, I cannot wait for our listeners to do more research on you and the work that you're doing and Rosie, and I absolutely love that you said this isn't a Rosie business, that this is a family, that this is, you know, a family mission, Mm -hmm. and um, I think that that just makes it uh, even more, even more special. So if our listeners want to reach out to you or follow you on social media or look up your webpage, tell us how they can, or to check out your book and or purchase your book, uh, tell us all the ways that, uh, that they can connect with you.
1: Yes. Yeah, so we are on Facebook and Instagram at coming.up.rosies. Um, and if you just search, it's pretty easy to find. Um, You can purchase the book, all the 100% of the proceeds go back to the charity, which is, it's, it's a fun way to kind of um, keep the mission going and alive. And you can purchase that on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. If Rosie was here, she would tell you, but you can buy a signed copy. If you, if you want a signed Rosie special, um, you can buy it on our website. So we do have a couple books that we have that um, a lot of friends and family are like, I, I want to support you, but I, I kind of want Rosie to sign my book. So, um, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, so she, we do have, um, signed copies, um, and she's like, and I don't put a stamp. I sign it for sure. I'm like, she's so funny. She's like, I, I'm a signer. And, um, so that's how you can support us. And yeah, just go to our website. We're on cominguprosies.com and social media
0: and amazon so well i will connect to all of that on uh, as well as a few things that i uh, particularly liked um that i found so i'll connect to uh some of those things in the show notes that way we'll make it really easy for our listeners um I can't tell you how great it has been to connect with you, Paula. And I told you when we initially connected that my twin sister is Paula. And so I <laughs> it's love like it. And we're I just like kindred spirits kindred here. Kindred spirits, for <laughs> sure. My dad <laughs> uh, calls me, Polly Dolly. So it's uh, like so funny. I love it. And we're both in HR. So it's uh, even another connection there. Um, But the work that you're doing is amazing and and just uh, all about what Stories Connect People podcast wants to focus on are people that are doing great things for others and great things to make the world a better place. And so I want to thank you so much for being here today and being a guest on Stories Connect People podcast.
1: Thank you for having me, Polly. This has been such a nice time to catch up with you. So thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to Stories Connect People podcast. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe, listen, rate, or share with others. I look forward to being with you next time on Stories Connect People podcast.